Hello, guys. Hello. How are we doing today? Are we having a good time? Is life great? Anyway, my name's Kirsten. I'm Sierra. And this is our podcast, Killers, Crime, and Coffee. The True Crime and Paranormal so uh we have been trying this new thing where we're doing this virtually yes um once sierra decides to upload episode 16 i just have to add the intro and outro it's almost done you will know that uh we both live roughly two hours apart and um it's starting to get a bit of a drive for somebody not me me. because you don't yeah i come to you every yeah, well, you don't have your own house, okay? Okay, but let's be realistic. If I did have my own house, you'd probably be like, well, like, like come over here. Yeah, because, like, like I have the kid. Okay, well, you also have a husband who watches the kid while we're doing it, so. Not always. Like, yesterday, she was sleeping. So. Okay, well. <sighs> anyway, what are you drinking? Tell me I'm now. I'm drinking my own coffee today. Oops, I tapped on mic. Sorry. Drinking my own coffee. It's just regular coffee, and it's got pumpkin creamer in it, and it tastes a little. Yes, fall season. Yeah. Pumpkin yeah, spice. I'm burning a pumpkin candle, just like last episode. I have my fall blanket on. I have my tarot card sweater, my ghost pants. Like I'm ready. I'm ready for fall. I'm ready. That's really great. I'm really happy yeah. for you. I know you are. Um, since you won't ask, I'm drinking Celsius sparkling strawberry lemonade water and as backup i have my aha blueberry pomegranate sparkling Uh, water this is a coffee podcast yeah sorry i didn't have time for coffee i mean i literally just made my coffee while we were on here so yeah well you probably just like poured it out of a bottle into your cup i did i did but i made like coffee in a coffee pot earlier if that counts i had three cups of coffee today Oh. Okay. So Sierra has some great news on some new platforms that we are on. We have really been trying to get things like up in motion because I feel like some podcasters, at least the ones I've listened to, tend to have a background in like this kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And we're just like, we're we're just winging it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Sierra's going to. Sierra's going to share all of the new places that we will be on. Okay, so I'm just going to list all of them. So the ones we were already on were Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, and then we're on our RSS website. Um, The ones that we are going to be added on within the next 24 hours are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. So, you know, that's the thing that's coming up. Um, we're hoping to eventually get, like, a YouTube channel going so you can, like, see us. Yes. That's in, you know, the future, but that's, that's an idea. We're, like, mentally scared for that because, I mean, um, I dress like like a lazy bum mom. Uh, Sarah's got, like, hipster, um, I just feel like I have to look somewhat presentable every time. Yeah. It's a little hard. Like, sometimes I'm coming right from work and I'm in my uniform if we're, like, together. So. Yeah. I mean, I could just put on a sweater, which is fine. Because we could have, like, yeah. a cozy vibe. You know what I mean? Like, being yeah, some Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So I feel like that could mm-hmm. be our vibe, like, some spooky, cozy vibes. Yeah. Exactly. That's a perfect idea. Yes. Perfect idea. Because I could totally do PJs all day. So, how was your week so far? What did you do? 
Um, it was okay. Um, I didn't really do much besides work. Today's my day off, so that's cool. Um, nothing really exciting is happening right now. So, how is your week, Kirsten? Um, I'm so glad that you asked. Oh, I know you are. So, I went on a shopping spree this past week. I got a bunch of new floral arrangements yeah. for my home. Okay. Um, also, last Friday, I went to a really cool, which I'll have to take you sometime because it's like totally like the vibe, just like chill vibes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We went to this like a, uh, it was like a tap room bar situation. Yeah. But it was sandwiched in between two restaurants, and you can sit out on this nice patio and literally order from either restaurant, and they'll bring it right to your table. Hmm. And you can just, like, and there's, like, cool, like, live music playing just in the background. Oh. You're all just kind of like, do 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 you know? Very so nice. it's going to be great. And I also got somebody's birthday gift in, but we're not going to talk about that. It is my birthday soon, if anybody wanted to know. You can Venmo me, Cash App. I'll put in the link. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it's my birthday next week. Yeah. So, I, I just want to say. for my birthday last week. That, yeah. I just want right. to say that all the planning that is coming up for this event next week, nobody else did anything for it. It was all me. So, okay, well, so we'll put that out I there. I tried. All right. I don't even know what it is, but I tried. Um, no, I'm not saying, like, you. I'm just saying, don't let Mom or Eric take any credit because it was all me. Well, Eric said you kind of just, like, took over, and he just kind of <laughs> rolled with it, so. Yeah, I know. I was, like, he texted <laughs> like, me. I was, like. She just started, like, planning things. And I was, just I was kinda, like, like okay. give me a week. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you didn't really give him much room to, like. Well, he was, like, one of those people that just, like, goes either way, no matter with what anyone said. So, you know, I just took took the sale. Okay, well, like, I took it's the my sale. 21st, so I feel like it, it calls for special occasion. It does. It does. And like, Eric not a backyard barbecue. It has to be fancy, classy. No, no backyard barbecue. Okay. It has backyard to be barbecue. fancy, classy, and a chill time. And that's what's coming. That's right. what's coming. All right. All right. All right, I'm Sorry. energized. Okay. So. So what are you doing, Kirsten? What's your episode on? All right. So I had mentioned that I wanted to cover this story at the very beginning, long, long time ago when we first started this podcast. Mm-hmm. So today I am covering the story of the middle-aged Texas mother, Candy Montgomery. Okay. Have you heard of her before? I've heard of her. I haven't ever, like, done a lot of research or heard a podcast on her, but I, like, have heard of it. She seems to be, like, all the rage recently. I don't know if, like, something new popped up in the media about her. Um, I know it might have a lot to do with the new show that came out. I don't know if it was on Netflix or Hulu um, about her. I don't don't really know. Like, I've heard of it, but I don't really know a whole lot about it. Well, you're about to know. Let me get comfy here. Um, a main site that I used during this research mm-hmm. uh, was from the TexasMonthly.com. It kind of seemed like a, a news article website, mm-hmm. but it was also kind of um, put into like almost like a story-based kind of written, like part one, part two kind of thing. So, okay. but it was very informational and it helped a lot. So, one of the quotes from that site was she was a normal suburban housewife 
All she wanted was a little fun with another man. She never really expected to kill her lover's wife. Oh. Uh, so that's how we're going to start okay. this. Okay. They're going to just get right okay. to the point. All right. All right. That quote was by Jim Atkins and John Bloom. Okay. So I just want to put that out there. Give those people the creds, you know? Jim Atkins and John Bloom already. Yes. Yes. Go, okay. Guys. So we're going to just get right into it. Okay. All right. Let's get into this. Let's get into it. One second. On the night of June 13th, 1980, Betty Gore's body laid in a suburban home severely axed to death. Due to the bloody scene, many detectives and policemen averted their eyes, which caused conflicts during the early reports of the cause of death. Mm -hmm. So apparently, because the scene was so gruesome, um, it was hard for the police officers and detectives to really, like look at it directly yeah. and it caused a lot of miscommunication and misinformation on the very first moments of the crime scene see i feel like that was like a big mess up like i understand like it was probably very disgusting like very gory and stuff but like you like you're supposed to be able to handle that stuff and understand that that's part of your job yeah yeah but i mean like i can definitely understand like not being able to look at it as like a normal person but this is quite literally your job to be able to report accurately on it. So. Yeah, I guess you also have to, like, look at it, too. Like, this is set in, like, a suburban, um, quiet town. Like, yeah. not a big police station. So they've probably never really even, like, encountered, like, major shit like this, you know? Yeah, like, would, it was yeah. pretty extreme. So, okay. I mean, unfortunately, there's obviously training that comes with that type of position. Yeah. But I guess it doesn't really always mentally prepare you yeah, for that kind yeah, of stuff. I don't really know. So, all right. So, Betty Gore was a housewife and used to work as a grade school teacher. Mm-hmm. Betty was married to Alan Gore, and they had two daughters, Alyssa and Bethany Gore. So, the Gore family actually became friends with the Montgomerys through church and their children attending the same schools. Both families attended the Church of Lucas, which was an institution mainly controlled by women. Okay. Which was not very common at the time. Not, yeah, but that was, like, person. their thing, I guess you could say. Okay. As time went on, Katie Montgomery wanted to spice up her life. Oh, okay, Katie. And have a separate life from her church-going housewife persona. Katie Montgomery states that she remembers the exact moment that she decided to begin an affair with her best friend's husband, meaning Betty was her best friend, she wanted to have an affair with Betty's husband, Alan. See, that's just, like, such a weird, like, wow, I'm, like, really tired of this life. Let me go have an affair with my best friend's husband. Like, that's already kind yeah, of, like, she... a concerning thought process to me. And unfortunately, like, as time went on, she kind of got a little bit more, like, crazy. So well, she's already on, like, a pretty strong path, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it just gets worse from here. So Yeah, like, if you're not happy with your life, that's when you get a divorce and you move on and you find a single person to indulge yeah and i feel like in a lot of situations when it comes to religion being like a main part of their life and they end up like killing somebody because of an affair or like their own spouse they're like oh i couldn't divorce them because of the church or like no offense to anyone i'm not a religious person but like come on if you're so devoted to the church then you wouldn't be going and committing these sins or whatever you know what i yeah. mean like yeah exactly it's, it's kind of a two-way street like it's one or the other yeah so. 
Yeah, I'd rather have a divorce than spend time in jail. Sorry. Yeah, and even just my opinion. What, what year was this? Uh, this was in 1980s. Okay, so I understand. Like, it might have been less accepted, but I feel like even in the 80s, like, divorce was not like super uncommon. Yeah. Like it was probably more accepted than it would have been like a couple years before that. Yeah, if you're like looking at like the early 1800s yeah. or the 1900s. It's not like, oh, like you like physically cannot divorce him and, or like you die kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, okay, you're divorced. People look at you differently, whatever. So. Exactly. So during a game of volleyball, Candy and Alan both tried to go for the volleyball and ended up colliding together. So this is kind of where it all starts. Wow, it's like a movie scene. So romantic. So romantic. So Candy thought that Alan smelled sexy, and for several weeks after Candy continuously brought up to her own friends about having an affair. So she was not private about it at all. And nobody, like, thought to say anything to her best friend who she was, like, going to... See, this is the thing. I wasn't too sure if she was specifically stating who she wanted to have an affair with or if she was just generally stating that she wanted to have an affair so nobody thought to say anything to her her husband either i mean i know i would because yeah Yeah. like in the like you're telling all these people even if you don't say who like you're not like these people aren't like let me tell the husband like let me you know what i mean yeah yeah no i agree definitely uh yeah definitely weird conversation So, Candy stated she wanted to shake up her very boring life with her husband, Pat, and was said to say that she wants fireworks. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Candy thought that Alan was, like, the man that could give her what she wanted. Like, give her the fireworks. I would just like to know, like, what, like, what, why? Like, because you thought he smelled good? Trust me, this is very questioning as time goes on, especially when I get into the description that people described him as. So, going forward. So, here we go. Although Alan had a receding hairline and was beginning to work on his dad bod, Candy thought that she would be able to make something of it. Alan and Candy seemed to have many things in common. Both were active in the church, loved children, and were considered the outgoing partner in their marital relationships. Alan seemed to get involved in many sports and things that Betty never really wanted to bother with. Candy felt she could tell that Alan wanted a relationship with her just as much as she did. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alan (laughs) Alan began joking with Candy more, teased her more about volleyball, and claimed to give her a sly wink every so often. This is what Candy's claiming. The two were often talking longer than they should after church choir practices, except one night after weeks of wondering if Alan was interested, Candy caught Alan leaving choir practice, where she asked if she could speak to him. Candy got into Alan's car and confessed to Alan that she had been thinking about him a lot. And then she jumped out of Alan's car and hurried home. So, she did not directly say yet that, like, hey, I want to have an affair with you, or hey, I'm interested in you. She literally was just like, I've been thinking about you a lot, and then just left. That's, like, like childish behavior, almost. Like, that reminds me of, like, mm-hmm. a middle school, high school, like, yeah. crush. Yeah. 
kind of no, for scenario. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Alan felt shocked, but he felt flattered and surprised that other women found him attractive. You should not be flattered by that. Your wife should be I know, the one and only. I know. Only. I just get more and more pissed with Alan than sometimes yeah. more so Candy when it comes yeah. to certain things. But we'll get into all that. Okay. So he knew Candy was a to-the-point kind of person. But he was claimed to have actually been secretly pleased that she felt this way about him. So he was actually, like, really proud that Candy had these feelings. Yeah, see, I think that's, like, the big red flag right there. Like, if if someone were to go up to Eric and be like, wow, I, like, I find you really attractive. I've been thinking about you a lot. I'd want him to be like, I have a girlfriend. Thank you. Goodbye. Like, please don't think about me or talk about me ever. Yeah, exactly. Not exactly. Oh, I'm really flattered. Like, that's weird. So, in Alan's opinion, Candy wasn't a standard classic beauty, but she was the prettiest woman in the church. Now, mind you, his wife also goes to this church. Yeah. But Candy is the prettiest. Red flag number two. Yes, there's many red flags. The most attractive person. Yeah. So, Alan actually contemplated if he should say anything to Candy during their next encounter. So, at first feeling silly and weird for the thoughts he had, he then eventually felt guilty because he was, after all, a married man. So, it took a bit. That was like a last thought, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It took a bit to get there. So, good job, Alan. Good job. You're really shooting for the stars, aren't you, buddy? But Candy was confident and easygoing. And Betty was what he described as dull. But Betty was, as a younger lady, she was that center of attention girl, but she was, like, classy about it. So it seemed like Betty kind of was, like, the it girl when she was younger. And then, of course, she got older. She settled down. She had kids. Like, you know, the typical. normal person would do. Yeah. And it doesn't really feel like Alan's really putting a lot of emotion into this relationship. So I think it's mainly his fault that things went the way it did. But we're not going to get into that yet. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry, the this, anger. this, this, <laughs> this story has made me so agitated the whole time I'm typing on like, so Betty, like I said, as a younger woman, she was that it girl classy, you know, she was the most popular girl in her small town when she was, you know, younger. So, I mean, she seemed like she had it all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when Betty met Alan, he was actually her math teacher. Now, I didn't fully research. I'm really hoping that it was like a college math teacher and not like a high school math teacher or something like that because See, I feel like if it was college it would have been he was my professor. So, and the two ended up getting married, which actually shocked Betty's family because they thought Alan was plain and even at a young age he looked to be aging quickly. Oh, lovely. So, let's just say he wasn't the cream of the crop. Now we're going to get into like their lives basically like the gore's life and the montgomery's life just kind of like a little backstory of each okay so the gore family the couple married in january of 1970 and then settled down in the suburbans of dallas texas where their first child was born at the time alan worked for rockwell international and betty was an elementary school teacher in the town of wiley texas uh excuse me (laughs) 
Betty didn't really seem to enjoy her job for long due to like some unruly children that she encountered and like she wasn't able to control them. But she also didn't want to be left home alone while Al like Alan traveled for work. Yeah. So Betty decided to continue her next year of teaching in 1978. And this year she also decided to have their second child. So the second child, she like during this pregnancy, she was a lot more particular, like scheduled out and like more of like planned on how everything was to go, like all the way up until her delivery. Yeah. In order for them to have a second child, it was so scheduled out that Alan was even to like he, Alan was required to sleep with Betty every single night during her estimated fertility cycles. So that way she could get pregnant like during a certain time. So that way she would also not have to take off during the school year. Oh. Like that's how scheduled this was. Okay. Like, she was very, very particular. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting too. But I mean, whatever floats your boat, I guess. Yeah. So unfortunately, this like scheduled love sessions um, actually made Alan like secretly resentful towards Betty because he felt like he was like being used. Yeah. Can instead of yeah i can understand that too you know to an extent not yeah. the extent of getting your wife murdered but to an extent mm -hmm. so going back into alan and candy so a week after candy semi confessed her feelings for alan they saw each other again after a church volleyball game so both of them stayed to clean up the gymnasium and then walked each other out to their cars so once Alan walked Candy to her car, Candy told Alan to get in, and this is when she officially asked Alan if he'd have an affair with her. That's so, such a, like, strange, like, will you have an affair with me? Like, yeah, yeah. Literally, strange. like, that direct question. Yeah. That's weird. Very odd. Yeah. <laughs> You're weird. Anyway. You're weird. <laughs> Alan stated that he didn't think he'd be able to have an affair with Candy because Betty had apparently cheated on Alan while the two were living in New Mexico and he didn't want Betty to have the same sad feelings that he did when he was cheated on. So the two went back and forth about how they both loved their partners and like blah 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 like M-A-N. So just like a little like sad sesh with each yeah. other. Um, even though they both agreed that they love their partners before before Alan had left Candy's car, he kissed her on the lips and then ran away. This is so like high school drama. It really is. It's like sickening. It's like ridiculous. Like, what are you doing with your life, sir? What are yeah. you doing? You have two children. You're a middle aged man. Like, get it together, dude. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. So now we're going to go into the Montgomery life. So Candy and Pat Montgomery married in the early 70s. At the time, Pat was an electrical engineer at the Texas Instrument, okay. and Candy was a secretary. Uh, she was also an army brat and the daughter of a radar technician. So she was kind of uh, used to being tossed around like state to state and was able to adapt to basically like any new environment, okay. which also uh, kind of showed her how to take power over men. Like, yeah. how to manipulate them. Okay. So, Candy was, like, almost like that chameleon kind of personality where she could just really adapt to anything that she was, like, put in. And, like, whatever surroundings she was in, she could just, like, blend in with it. 
yeah. with like ease. 1977 is when Candy and Pat settled down in Dallas, Texas, where Candy then became your typical routine housewife. So Candy felt that Pat was sometimes insensitive, which also led to arguments, which in Pat's opinion were just arguing for no good reason. And Candy felt that this was a major issue in their marriage. Okay. So now that we have a small little background on each family. Yes. So on Candy's 29th birthday, Alan called Candy to ask her to lunch and to see if she wanted to discuss their previous conversation. Yes. Interesting. So by this time that he called, it's been about like two to three weeks since they had last spoke. Okay. So he must have like really been thinking. He's really thinking on it. Yeah. He's like, let me contemplate this. this yeah, which this I don't think that's something that should really be contemplated. I think it should just be yeah. a simple like, no. No. Why would you yeah. ask me that question? Yeah. So during lunch, they're... During their lunch, uh, they discussed and actually agreed on a, having an affair with one another. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So during this lunch, they discussed on how to keep this affair extremely quiet and as private as possible for fear their partners would find out. So after months, which is the most like annoying thing, it's like, okay, you've already decided to be a shitty ass person. Like, just fucking do it already. You know, <laughs> it took them months back and forth of wanting to not wanting to mainly Alan was like the one that was like, I don't know. Yeah. And then and then they made ground rules oh, for okay. their affair. Okay. So we're going to go over those ground rules. Let's, okay. Let's get into it. So, rule number one. If either one of them ever wanted to end the affair for whatever reason, it would end. No questions asked. Okay. Number two. If either one became too emotionally involved, the affair would end. How do you know if you're, like, you could just, like, be like, oh, like, I'm not emotionally involved. You You just wait and you see. You just wait and you see. Okay. Okay? I forgot what number I'm on. Three. (laughs) If they ever started taking risks that shouldn't be taken, the affair would end. Number four. All expenses, food, motel room, gasoline, would be shared equally. I'm, I'm glad they're equals on this. Yes. Yeah. Number five. They would only meet on weekdays while their spouses were at work. Wow. Very thought out. Number six. Candy would be in charge of fixing lunch on the days they met so that they could have more time. They figured they would need all of Alan's two hour lunch for their sessions. If you want to call it that. Okay. Number six. Candy would be in charge of getting a motel room for the same reason. Okay. Number seven. This one's a long one. They would meet on Tuesday or a Thursday once every two weeks. That was because Candy was only free on the days when her little boy would attend the play day preschool at Allen's Methodist Church. She took him each Tuesday and Thursday from 9 to 2, 
but she figured that she would need three out of the four hours of those school days to run errands for, like, church and whatever school duties that she needed to complete. Yeah. I don't know what number I'm on, so we're just going to keep saying them. So the affair... Actually, sorry, that was the last one. That was the last rule. So then they set the official date for the affair to start. So this the affair is such a strange way to do this. It really is. It's really very odd and it's like making me enraged. Well, like not, I'm this isn't like physically feeling like, I'm feeling like, fire go up my throat. Set up an appointment and let me put it on my calendar to remember. Yeah. Like that's the kind really. of like vibes i'm getting from yes this. yes very scheduled anyway so the affair was set to start on december 12th 1978 damn right near christmas i know like you couldn't christmas. just fucking like wait after like jesus yeah, christ on, asshole so long already yeah so all the way up until betty's death alan and candy were actively having an affair with one another Candy did begin to show signs of larger feelings for Alan and even stated that she loved him. But it never ended, did it? Once Betty had their second child, Alan began to start thinking again if this affair was even a right thing for him to do. With these thoughts and mentionings of these worries to Candy, she became, like, enraged in his idea of ending the affair. Totally regardless of all the rules that they made. I was going to say, doesn't this break like nine out of the ten rules that you've already set for yourself? Yeah. So we're going to fast forward all the way up to June 13th, 1980. Okay. In a small room roughly 12 feet long and 6 feet wide, Betty's body lay in a pool of blood with 41 axe wounds to her body. Jesus Christ. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. Candy's trial took eight days in Collin County in October of 1980. Mm -hmm. During the investigation is where Alan confessed to having months-long affair with Candy Montgomery, which then resulted in Candy's arrest. During the trial, Candy claimed that a confrontation between her and Betty resulted in Candy needing to defend herself because Betty had hit Candy with the axe first approximately two times around the head area so then so in the documentary or not the documentary but the show she did have a cut in her head now it didn't i don't think i have that stated in here because i think i remembered i was going to mention that um but i do believe she did have like one wound but for all you know like one against 41 i don't really she could have swung the axe back the axe back too much and hit herself in the face or something you know yeah exactly so So once betty apparently hit candy with the axe first approximately two times candy then killed betty with the axe hitting her approximately 41 times see that's just overkill like that's like anger behind it like one time probably one or a few times would have killed her not 41 times So, Betty's autopsy revealed that 40 hits with the axe to Betty's body were the ones done while she was still alive. So, unfortunately, the first 40 hits with the axe, Betty was still alive. Yes. 28 of the axe hacks had been to her face and her head. 
Candy then tried to clean up the scene and actually fully showered, like, in her full clothes, trying to remove all traces of blood. But although Candy tried, many spots of her own blood were found all over the crime scene, so her attempts were just a complete and total fail. Yeah. After she left the Gore House, she went home to change her clothes and then went to church to participate in a church activity. I'm so glad she felt, like, good enough about herself to, like, go get changed and then go to church after Axe murder. Yeah, and somebody. go seek Jesus or something. I don't yeah. really know. So, although the evidence showed otherwise, the jury actually found Candy not guilty of her crimes. Excuse yes. Me? Yeah. Um, for why? <laughs> for why? <laughs> I'm not understanding so the reason that she was not charged is because the jury felt that she acted in self-defense that's when you hit her once and run away and then call the cops that's self-defense enough to slow her down yeah so that's that's the reason why so following a little update after the trial So, Candy Montgomery, her husband, Pat, and their children left Texas in 1980 and moved to Georgia. The couple then divorced four years later, and Candy adopted her maiden name, uh, Wheeler. Her full name is Candence, by the way, so her her name now is Candence Wheeler. She ironically went on to become a mental health counselor per the Newsweek. So, that was like... Yeah, so that was a direct um, quote. I don't really want to say quote, but that was directly from the site called myimperfectlife.com. So that Mm -hmm. update. Um, And as I stated before, Alan uh, somehow found somebody else to marry him. Uh, Apparently in between Betty's death and Candy's trial and then lost custody of both of his children. So, yeah. And I think Pat kind of just tried to stay out of the spotlight as much as possible because obviously this is a very yeah it's a very sad situation and unfortunately uh betty did not really get the justice that i think she should have but you know so so. nothing literally she nothing happened nothing i know so that is the sad story of betty gore Okay, well, that was horrific, and I'm very disappointed that there was no justice served. So, um, we did not do this for episode 16, but we do want to start this for episode 17, where we kind of bring light to missing person cases that are kind of, like, active at the moment, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of spread awareness uh, about said person's report, missing report. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I got this off of crimewatchpa.com. Um, I'm just going to directly read it off of there because it has all the information and like all the contact. So if you do have any uh, information about this missing persons report, you can go to crimewatchpa.com. So the state police seek assistance with a missing juvenile. Allentown Township, Northampton County is where Justin Clarence is from. Uh, The Pennsylvania State Police Troop Bethlehem Station are seeking the public's assistance with locating a runaway juvenile who resides in Allentown Township in Northampton County. The juvenile Justin Clarence 
Noon Macher. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, 16 years of age is described as approximately six feet tall, 135 pounds, and was last seen leaving his residence on Oak Lane on a red and black mountain bike on Friday, September 2nd, 2022 at approximately 2.30 p.m. Justin Nunemetcher was last seen wearing a gray t-shirt, gray shorts, gray Crocs, and had a bright blue Nike backpack. Anyone with information regarding the location of Justin is asked to contact PSP Bethlehem at 610-861-2026 or you can anonymously contact the Pennsylvania Crime Stoppers toll-free at 1-800-4PA-TIPS-8477 or online at www.p3tips.com slash forward slash, sorry, tip form. All callers to Pennsylvania Crime Stop watchers always remain anonymous and could be eligible for a cash reward for information that leads to an arrest on solving any crime slash cold case or the location of a wanted person slash fugitive or missing persons. So we will be leaving the link of this down in the description below so that way you can check out uh, actual pictures of Justin. And like I said, this is recent as recent as September 2nd of this year. Um, that he had been reported missing. So once again, he is a juvenile, uh, 16-year-old child, um, and he was last seen on September 2nd, 2022. He is wearing a, or was last seen wearing a gray t-shirt, gray shorts, gray Crocs, and a bright blue Nike backpack, and he drove away on his mountain bike. So, like I said, we are going to link all this in the description so that way you can contact either Crime Watchers or you can contact the police number that I did list earlier and hopefully something can become of that. Yes, so so um, if you live in the Allentown area, definitely, you know, keep your eyes out for that. Yeah. So, hopefully this will kind of be beneficial to some sort because I feel like even though we're going around and telling the stories of these crimes and all this stuff i think it's also good to kind of be more up to date with uh, current things as well so that stuff like that doesn't get lost all right guys so we are gonna head on out because i am hungry and i would like some dinner yeah i don't know about you yeah (laughs) sarah's gonna go to you're gonna go to sleep be honest i'm gonna clean All right, guys, so we will catch you on the flip side. What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were counting down now for this. I think we probably should because okay. I don't know when. All right, one, two, three. Bye. <laughs> we, might have to, we might have to pre-record that shit. Hey, guys, Kirsten here from Killer's Crime and Coffee. Don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook at Killers Crime and Coffee, a true crime and paranormal podcast, Instagram at Killers Crime Coffee Pod, and you can also visit our website, killerscrimecoffee.wixsite.com. Feel free to email us uh, your story suggestions and feedback at killerscrimecoffeepod at gmail.com. Make sure to also follow our friend Kobe, who made our awesome intro music on Instagram at kobe.conrad with four Ds, where you can find a link to his music. Make sure to find us on Spotify and Amazon Music. Bye!